you know, if, it's all very well to say we'd like to go viral on social media, but hopefully you're going viral for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, and, and they say that bad news travels like way faster than good news. <laughs> right, and I think that's probably true. Welcome to the Content Maximizer Podcast, where we share ideas, tools, and interviews to help you maximize from the internet so you can get more sales, increase customer loyalty, and accelerate your market authority. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cho. Hi, this is Lisa Cho, founder of Content Maximizer, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Content Maximizer podcast. If you're thinking about growing your business, expanding nationally or internationally, or franchising, then I've got a real treat for you. Today, our special guest is John DiVitelli. John is the Managing Director of Access Advisory. They have over 20 years experience in helping their clients to build more profitable, more exciting, and more rewarding businesses. Access Advisory will help you develop and implement the best strategy to grow your business, attract capital, increase sales, boost profits, and maximize asset value. With a strong background in franchising, John and I had a great conversation about content marketing, the challenges, and the opportunities for the franchise industry. So now, let's get straight into it. Good afternoon, John. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? (laughs) Very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, I listened to um, the other podcast that you did with with Business Blueprint and Dale Beaumont, and I thought, oh, wow, awesome content here. So I thought I must invite you. So I'm so (laughs) glad that you said yes. That's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So, well, let's just let's just get straight into it. Sure. Um, you know, you know, before we get started, maybe you can um, share with the listeners just a bit about yourself, um, especially your experience in relations to um, the franchise industry. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, look, for the last twenty years or so, um, uh, I've been involved in business consulting with a focus on business growth, um, franchising, and sort of network development. So, anywhere that people have businesses where there are multiple points of presence, whether they be offices, you know, retail outlets or people on the road. Uh, that's been my major focus and I've worked for a whole range of um, small to medium sizes and very large enterprises internationally as well. Um, uh-huh. Worked for some of the major consulting firms around the world. I've been based in Asia and I've done some work out of the UK and Europe as well. So my focus has always been on working with business owners on growing their business with a particular particular emphasis, I guess, on franchising or or sort of distribution networks, that's the key. Mm-hmm. And I now operate a uh, consulting business out of Melbourne, uh, but we work nationally and internationally uh, on exactly those things. So we work very closely with our clients on growing their business uh, and helping them uh, build a more satisfying, more rewarding, and ultimately more profitable business. Nice. So um, so with 20 years of experience, um, that's, that's quite a while. Well, um, a little sad. Thank you for reminding <laughs> I was very surprised when you said 20 years, actually. <laughs> so so how do you think, you know, that the internet and multimedia content marketing um, is impacting the, the franchise industry? Oh, look, I think those things have, uh, have affected business across the board, please. So, so not just franchising, but obviously the way that we do business mm-hmm. across the entire spectrum has changed significantly in the last 10 years. Um, I think that's the same for franchisors and for franchise businesses. Um, uh, you know, look, if, if you'd had this discussion five years ago, most franchisors were saying, you know, should we do something about about social media? Should we have a Facebook page? Should we, 
you know, should we do something online? Now the conversation has changed significantly. Everybody is already doing it. Now they're saying, how do we do it right? How do we get a return on our investment? How do we measure it? How do we control it? Uh, you know, so everyone's involved in it. Everyone's certainly, I think, aware of it and, and making efforts to uh, to use social media and the online space to, to help grow their business. I'm sure that some are doing it better than others. Yeah, so it sounds like from what you're saying is, you know, back five, ten years ago, the questions was, should we? Now people know we should, but then it's how can we, you know, get the, the best ROI and what's the best way to utilize the, um, the different mediums? Absolutely. And look, I can understand how it gets confusing for business owners because, you know, where do you start? What do you do? How do you manage it? How do you control it? Um, you know, what content do you put up? What do you not put up? How do you control what other people say about you and your brand or can you control that? Yeah, there's, there are a hundred questions about how you manage this whole online space mm-hmm. that I think, I think most businesses are still, still grappling with, to be honest. I think, you know, most businesses have at least put a toe in the water and they're doing something. But I, I think for most businesses, it's still a sort of ongoing area of, of development. My next question is, you know, where do you think, you know, in the life cycle, like in relation to the industry, is in terms of adopting the internet marketing and content marketing? Like, So do you think it's still at its early stage where only a few companies are immersed in it? Or do you think it's more in the medium part of the the mid part of the life cycle where there's a lot of companies really taking advantage of it now? Yeah, look, I, as I say, I think I think most organisations are at least aware of it and doing something in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question is, you know, is what they are doing useful? Is it, the, is it the right thing to be doing? Is it actually adding value to their business and to their brand? Uh, or in some cases, you know, it could be detracting from, from their brand. I mean, social media, whilst it's a, an incredibly powerful, um, you know, mechanism for communication and, and staying in touch, mm-hmm. It can be equally powerful in its negative effects. Yeah. So, so if you have, you know, if, it's all very well to say we'd like to go viral on social media, but hopefully you're going viral for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, and, and they say that bad news travels like way faster than good news. Yeah, right, and I think that's probably true. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I want to now, you know, talk about, um, you know, more specifically in, in relations to to franchises, and really, there are like three groups of audience when you look at that industry, right? So, you have got the um, the master franchises, and you know what they want to do is they want to sell their franchise. So, so the first target audience is prospective franchise buyers. Yeah. The second one is once they do come on board, they become a franchisee. So therefore, the information that they need is very different. And then finally is you got the customers of these franchises. So these tend to be like the consumers, right? So so each different group requires, uh, they've got different needs, you know? So, so I want to have a chat, you know, about each of these groups and, and their needs when it comes to, you know, content marketing and online marketing. So John, in your opinion, what do you think are some of the challenges that franchises face when it comes to um, attracting more leads and converting these leads into franchise buyers? Yeah, Lisa, look, firstly, I think you're absolutely right. There, there are different uh, audiences and there are different approaches, obviously, for each of those audiences. So if you are a franchisor, mm-hmm. your plan is to recruit new franchisees. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that, that social media content is very different to what you would put out there for your uh, customers, yeah, for the end users of your of your services. Yeah. So, so I think I think in the franchisee recruitment space, uh, there's still a lot of room for improvement for franchisors. I, I don't think many franchisors really use social media particularly well in the franchisee recruitment space. Mm-hmm. 
think the focus has probably been more on the consumer end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, that's true for both B2B type franchises, so, so where their, their, their end customers are effectively other businesses, mm-hmm. uh, and also for B2C, so for, for franchise groups that are dealing with uh, you know, consumers in the, in the general sense of the word. So, so I think there are very different challenges. Um, mm. As a franchisor, if you have, for instance, if you have a franchise network of 40 or 50 franchisees or even you know, four or five for that matter, mm-hmm. part of your challenge is to control what the franchisees do on social media and what their, uh, what their customers are saying. So you know, the question then becomes, do you as the franchisor try to manage and control centrally all of the social media uh, content that goes mm-hmm. out at your brand, which mm-hmm. is fine on the one hand. Yep. Um, on the other hand, you know, social media is really about local content. It's about local connections. It's, it's about getting into your community and your local environment and really sort of connecting with people in that sense. So you, you have to try and balance up the central control element mm-hmm. with with the uh, with the local content element, you know, so that's that's a challenge for franchisors. So mm. there are some people doing that really well, where even though it's managed from head office, uh-huh. uh, they still in, include lots of local content at the franchisee level, uh-huh. and that way, you know, the community. If you have a store that's you, know, you can have a store that's two hundred or three hundred kilometres, or even away from it. So you've got to be able to manage that local content so that people in that area feel like their local franchisee is part of their community. Mm, it's very interesting that you said that. So so what I'm hearing is that, you know, in the franchise space, when it comes to social media and, and content marketing, there's more emphasis being done on the, the brand level to the consumer, but not so much in the space of recruiting franchises. Mm. Mm. I think that's probably true. I, I think uh, recruitment, you know, franchisee recruitment as a, as a process uh, could probably, you know, involve itself more in the social media space. I think the emphasis has predominantly been on, you know, how do we engage with our customers? Yeah, interesting because, um, you know, we're engaging, you know, some clients in this space and 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 their goal is to um, is to sell more franchises, so recruiting yep. franchise buyers. And and traditionally, it has been very um, very text-based type of content. So if people make an inquiry online, they will email out a brochure. And then what they found is that when they talk to these people, 90% of them actually hasn't even read the brochure. So, you know, when people don't even read the brochure and you've, and the company has put in all the, all the energy in putting that together and when you find out that most, most people haven't even read it, um, they've got very, very good content, but maybe the medium that it is in is not the most effective for their target audience. So what we are looking at in helping this particular client to do is actually turn the same information but have it in a video format. Right, so that people can watch the video rather than reading a brochure. Yeah. You know, so because if you look at, you know, there are more people that are, I think, watch TV than reading a book. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think that's that's very true. I mean, look, you know, YouTube and the online space has pretty much revolutionised the way we take in information in the last ten years. You know, mm. um, if if you catch any train or bus or or tram, if you happen to be in Melbourne and you look at the people around you. 99% of those people will be on their telephone. You know, they'll be they'll be watching something, listening to something, reading something on their phone. You know, we we take in information in smaller bites these mm-hmm, days. Mm-hmm. It's if you if you are sent something that is five pages long, you know, I think you're going to read it unless you really engage. 
know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, when you do videos, um, like, for example, this gentleman that I'm, I'm dealing with, like, he is so passionate about what he does. That passion, it will be harder to, to convey that passion through text than it is through video or audio. Oh, absolutely. Look, I think there's no question that your your best approach to, to this is to have, you know, multiple media um, to use different mechanisms for connecting with people at all sorts of different levels. Um, I think in any marketing strategy, it's it's pretty difficult now to, to hang your hat, so to speak, on one element. You know, if you just have print or you just have, you know, a brochure or whatever, it's it's going to be very difficult, I think, to get the sort of cut through you need. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if there's people, people take in a lot of information every day, and so for you to for you to sort of stand out in that in that sort of, uh, in that noise, if you like, you, you really mm-hmm. have to do something quite quite interesting, quite engaging, quite unique. So, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I think the approach of taking you know that capturing that passion in video, um, finding other ways to convey that you know across different media is is absolutely the right way to go. Yeah, and and the beauty with technology these days is that. The analytics, you know, whereas if it's a text, you can't tell how many pages has someone read. Well, I don't think there's technology to show that so, um, so far. Uh, but then with videos, you can see how far some, how much of the video has someone watched and whether they're repeating certain part or skipping certain part so, um, down to the individual basis. So what it means is that, you know, if you're dealing with a potential franchise buyer and you can see that someone has watched a whole video compared to, another potential buyer who hasn't consumed any of your content from a follow-up process, you know, even, you know, 80-20 rule, the one mm. who consumes more of your content tend to be a hotter buyer. Sure. And look, I think that's one of the advantages of, of having, you know, a well-constructed and well-managed social media campaign is that you can actually get that feedback. Mm-hmm. So, so you can test different approaches. You can look at the results of those approaches. You can fine-tune your messaging. Um, you can fine-tune the way that you present certain parts of your business or certain parts of the opportunity and, and you can really get, you know, almost real-time measurement on what's working and what's not, mm. which, I, which I think, you know, with traditional marketing campaigns, that's very difficult to do. So so social media, you know, and the analytics that sit behind it, if, if, if it's well constructed, yeah. designed campaign and, and you have the, the understanding or the, um, you know, probably more importantly, you have the advice in terms of how to measure uh, the effectiveness of your campaigns, that, that's certainly an advantage. So I think franchisors who are using that mechanism are certainly going to be at an advantage, you know, uh, in front of the rest of the market. Mm. So, I mean, you know, with, you know, so many different franchise groups that you work with, um, can you think of any particular groups that, you know, is doing this recruitment process well? Um Look, it's probably more about how they engage with their market, to be honest. As I mentioned, look, recruitment is, is not – it hasn't been a, a, a key focus uh, in, in the people that I've been working with. Mm-hmm. I, look, I know there's been some fairly good coverage um, uh, in, in, the, in the media on the sort of websites and, and articles around, around the place recently in franchising on organisations like Quick Copy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Quick Copy is a, is a, is a B2, B2B brand, effectively, so their customers are other businesses who need printing done. Yep. But they've done a very good job of centrally managing their social media presence, but ensuring that they've got relevant sort of local information and local offers uh, and promotions, you know, as well as sort of head office information as well at every level. Mm -hmm. So they've done that extremely well in terms of, you know, getting all that out there, getting people to engage with them and ultimately driving traffic back to their website, you know, Mm. uh, back to where people can order their business cards or their brochures or whatever they they have to be having printed. Uh, 
Nice. So, and, and you, you mentioned something really critical there is, um, very often you got companies who do things on social media. Let's just say it's Facebook or whether it's LinkedIn and all the content stays in those platform and they're not driving traffic back to the site. And that's where the conversion happens. Right. Right? So, so it's really important, you know, to put good content out there, but always drive people back to your site. Yeah, correct. And look, I think, you know, um, some people say, oh, we're doing that because of brand building or we're doing it to get our brand out there. Look, ultimately, I think everything you do in, in marketing is designed to, you know, to grow your business. So mm-hmm. whether that be through recruiting more franchisees, whether it be through growing your market share or bringing more customers on board, you know, ultimately, that's why we, we, we go out and we run these campaigns, I think. So, so yes, brand building, you know, should be more of a side effect as opposed to the, to the, to the major, um, objective in my view. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, so, yeah, I think when you can drive traffic back to a, a website or somewhere where people can actually make a buying decision or they can, you know, decide to come into your business, that's always a good thing. Mm, sure. So now I want to move on to like the, the next group in, in the in the franchise industry mm-hmm. and and that is the actual franchisees themselves. So yeah. so once someone, you know, decide to to buy a franchise and they get involved in a group, what's really important is training. Um, you know, with your your years of experience, you know, what are like the top three mistakes that you see companies make in terms of um, training or the system aspect of, of franchising? Um, interesting question. Top three mistakes. I, I guess the first mistake is not having any training. <laughs> okay. That's, 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 really? Uh, it's just, sadly, it's a fairly common thing. I, wow. I, not, not in the good franchise systems, obviously, but um, mm. not, not, not having any training perhaps might be a little too far, but not having any real effective training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often, you know, a franchisee will come in and they'll be shown, you know, the ropes, so to speak, um, over a couple of days or whatever, and then they're sort of left alone to, uh, to go away on their, on their merry way and run their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that tends not to work, you know, unsurprisingly. Right. So that's the first error is not having a training program that's well well designed, well constructed, well developed. Mm-hmm. I think probably the second mistake is to believe that you can train somebody and then leave them alone and expect that they will do all the things that uh, they've been trained to do. Mm. Training is an ongoing process. Um, mm-hmm. So whilst you can train somebody and they will learn some things, um, you know, you have, to, you have to work with them, stay alongside them, make sure that they implement those things, uh, that they continue to learn and continue to grow. Um, that's, that's important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I think the other thing is, is not, if I was to choose a third, third, uh, common, uh, shortfall, if you like, in this area, mm-hmm. I think the third would be not measuring the effectiveness of your training. So not really understanding whether the training you are doing is translating into the right action and the right results at the business level, you know, mm. the third one. So, so the training is a, you know, like any, um, HR area, if you like, it's it's it can uh-huh. be very uh, seemingly seemingly simple, but in reality, quite a complex process to to manage on an ongoing basis. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely worthwhile for the the master franchise to really invest in a good training system for their franchisees because. You know, it depending on the structure of the franchise. You know, the better the franchisees do, the better uh, and look and more lucrative it is for the master franchise. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the two fortunes are very closely entwined. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. I think when you're a franchisee or, or a prospective franchisee doing your due diligence on a franchise opportunity, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 
has has the franchise or invested in developing a good franchise system? Mm. Have they invested in their training programs? Do they have all their you know, training portals and material and systems and processes and, and, and sort of, you know, mechanisms for measurement in place. Mm-hmm. You know, and ask lots of questions. What can you expect in terms of training? What can you expect if things aren't going well? What can you expect if you need to be trained further? You know, there's um, prospective franchisees need to ask as many questions as they possibly uh, can or as many as they feel the need to. Mm-hmm. To really understand the opportunity of getting involved in. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, from, from a training standpoint, is number one, uh, the master franchise should really have a good um, training system or portal, you know, ideally maybe in multimedia, you know, so that it's easier for people to consume that information. Yes. Secondly, is um, make sure that it's ongoing rather than just at the beginning, you know, so maybe having different modules at different phases of the, um, of the, of the franchisees, um, uh, time with with the group so that they are always getting developed and then finally it sounds like what could be really worthwhile is kind of having some type of um i was going to say a test or exam but not to that degree but then just to make sure that whatever has been taught in a certain module gets locked in and they really understand it before you know you keep going yeah, look, I think that's absolutely right. And look, that you know, the, the test or, or you know those sorts of elements, they will check for competency, if you like, so that somebody has understood the training and they sort of you know they've understood what they've been trained on. Um, what that doesn't measure is how they implement it. And ultimately, there's no point doing training unless it's implemented throughout the business. Mm. And so that's that's the key measurement. You know, what's being implemented, what's having a positive effect on the business, um, and what can we you know what can we improve on? What can we continue to sort of uh, uh, to, to focus on and what areas do we need to go away and rework? You know, that, that's the ongoing assessment piece. Yeah, and I would, I would imagine like, you know, the, the training content, um, it will also be ongoing and always be evolving because, you know, you might get one franchise group like as in a franchisee that is doing uh, really well in certain area. And then when they give feedback, they go, oh, maybe that's something that can be implemented across, you know, the other franchises. Um, and then, and then systemizing that and creating training material so other franchises can, can refer back to it. No, absolutely. And look, you know, business doesn't sit still for very long, please, as I'm sure you know, and I'm sure your listeners would know. So things change very, very quickly. Mm. You really have to stay uh, in front of the curve if you can, and it's uh, it's it's a challenge for every business, you know, to to stay on the ball and make sure that they are training on on the latest, you know, sort of information. Um, and look, you, you you made a good point there in terms of franchisee ideas being shared across the group. That's one of the major benefits of being in a franchise group mm-hmm. is that you have you know twenty or thirty other operators running a very similar business to yours, and they will you know they will certainly develop better ways of doing things. They'll develop ideas and promotional ideas and campaigns and ways to engage with customers um, that if you're on your own, you perhaps wouldn't come up with those things, you know. So mm. in a franchise structure, you have the opportunity to uh, uh, to benefit from the synergy, if you like, or the sort of the collective intelligence of the group, which I think is one of the major benefits of being involved in a good franchise group. Yeah, actually, that reminded me of um, a very good friend of mine. He owns um, a few of the, the Jets uh, fitness franchise, uh-huh. and and he's also in the internet marketing space like I am. So as a result, um, he's done some really good um, campaigns utilizing technology like Facebook and remarketing and so forth. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, he was he became like the the um, the franchisee of the year. 
Um, and so now what he's doing is he is putting, he's helping the head office to put content together to train other franchises on how to utilize these um, social media and multimedia platform and technology to grow their business. Yeah, which which you know, demonstrates exactly the point that I was making. So you, you've mm. got one one person with a very good approach or a good idea, mm-hmm. and then that that flows through to the rest of the group, and they get the benefit of of those smarts. You know, which I think is is really important. Mm, awesome. So now I want to move on to the final group, which which are the, the consumers. You yes. know? So these are the the customers of um of the franchisees. Uh-huh. Um. So in so in regards to helping these franchisees to get more customers, you know, you know, for example, marketing the brand, you know, teaching franchises how to market themselves, you know, what are some of the things that like the master franchise can do to support their franchises in this area? Look, I think having having an awareness of social media and how it works, you know, most, most franchisors now are developing um, sort of social media obligations and, and, and putting those into their franchise agreements and, and sort of having that structured the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, having social media policies that, that guide people in terms of how to use social media and, and just as importantly how not to use social media. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, having, having the, right, the right legalities in place in terms, you know, as far as terms and conditions are concerned or if, if competitions are being run or, or particular promotions are being run, I think the franchisor can manage that process to ensure that franchisees, you know, meet all the required compliance elements and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've talked about training already, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to continue to be important. Mm-hmm. And I think the franchisor, you know, ultimately has a responsibility to monitor what the franchisees are doing, mm-hmm. and ensure that they are not, you know, damaging the brand or, or saying the wrong things or making offers that they shouldn't be making, whatever the case may be. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that's kind of where it sits for the franchisees. I mean, I think the focus for them generally should be on how do I engage with my local community because that's one of the strengths of franchising is that you have a you know, a national brand, but a local, a local presence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for some brands, that's how do I engage with the local footy clubs and the sports clubs and the schools and the, the mothers' groups, whatever it happens to be for that particular type of business, you know, or other business owners, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. So how do I focus on connecting with those people, generating content that's relevant for those different segments, depending on what my business needs, mm-hmm. and making sure that I can do that in a way that doesn't damage my brand or the, or the franchisor's uh, brand? Yeah, I mean, when when you said that, you know, what came to my mind is um, I always see like, um, you know, the local McDonald's, you know, sponsoring uh, different school events and church events and, and so forth. So they, they get really involved in the community, don't they? Sure, absolutely. And that's that's the benefit of having a local presence, you know, even though McDonald's is, a you know, obviously a global brand. Mm. They still have a local presence in, in their market. Yeah, and and I guess it's, it's the master franchise teaching these franchisees to to do these kind of things, these type of activities. Exactly, and and having a process in place for them to follow to be able to do that relatively easily. Because look, ultimately, you know, business owners have a lot a lot of things to do. So, you know, social media is going to be one of the many tasks that they have to uh, contend with over the course of any day or week. Mm. So and you know often it's not the highest priority. So yes. if, you can, if you can make it easier for people to to structure their content, to engage in the local community, to post the right information, to manage the right information, then I think that's going to certainly help the brand. Mm, great, awesome. I mean, to to wrap up, John, um, where do you see uh, the biggest opportunity for growth uh, for franchises in in the next few years? 
Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a big Big broad question. <laughs> um, look, if, if we keep it in terms of, do you want to stay focused on social media for the moment? Probably like social media and and digital content and and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Look, I, I think I think there's still massive opportunity. I think there's still still you know massive upside for franchise groups. Uh, as I said at the beginning of, of our discussion, um, most franchise systems um, you know really haven't yet immersed themselves entirely in this space so I think there's certainly opportunity for people to continue to understand how to use this space more effectively um, how to continue to build their brand in this space and build their engagement with their their customers and their communities um, and I think what that will do is that those those organizations you know those franchise franchise groups who can really master this this technique or this skill if you like, um, they're just going to create a nice competitive advantage for themselves in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. And and I mean, with you know some of the clients that that you work with, um, you know, can you think of any examples? You know that you know they're doing particularly well on the on the digital space that you want to share as examples. Oh, uh, look, there's there, there are a couple of our clients who who are really getting their head around this, you know, quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one client in particular who is in the automotive area. Um, uh, and, and they, you know, if you want to talk about passionate people, people who own cars and, you know, custom cars and, and prestige cars and whatever kind of cars they're into are very, very passionate about their cars. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've managed really well to engage with these people, not, not so much on their, on their services. You know, they're, they're a, um, a car detailing type business. Okay. So okay. for them, it's not so, this, the social media piece is not so much about telling people about their service. It's really just sharing the passion for cars. You know? Yes. Um, and people get incredibly excited about about cars, and uh, uh, and I've worked in the car space for a number of years, and it's uh, I, I know how passionate people can be about them. Mm-hmm. So what these what this particular client is doing is is really um, uh, feeding on that passion, if you like, that the clients have for motor cars, mm. and that means that they stay very much engaged with their brand, and it means they stay top of mind when people are thinking about their cars or having their car detailed for a, you know, for, for, for the weekend or for a show or an expo or something, these people are always top of mind. So, so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you can find the passionate connection um, with, with your market, whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. that's much stronger than just pushing out your particular message. Yeah, and, and this reminded me of um, uh, a new book, by Gary Vanderchuk, who is like the godfather of content marketing, and, and mm. with him starting off with the wine TV, you know, every single bottle of wine he does a, a video mm-hmm. of, and um, and then so with his book he talks about um, you know the the idea that you you give 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 and then you take. Right, so so with your with your content, you know, it's always about giving, and then and then you you text you ask for a sale, or you you ask for people, um, you know, to to look at your services, for example. Yeah. But it's always about focusing on on giving. In in your particular case, and this client that you mentioned, it's about talk about the the passion to do with cars and all these cool things with cars. Yeah, absolutely. And look at you know, if if you're doing this really well. Is you ultimately don't need to ask, you know, because if you are, if you're connecting in that way with your with your potential customers, you know, when the time comes, they will they will come and find you. They will say, well, look, these are the guys we need to go and talk to, you know. Mm, exactly. So I think yeah. it's very much about being generous with your content. I think it's very much about, um, you know, tapping into people's uh, interests and their passions and their 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 sort of uh, desires as far as your brand is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just building your 
you know, your your presence, your credibility, and and your genuine uh, desire, I guess, to engage with your customers and uh, and and you know, look after them. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And and one thing I'll add to it is also knowing the content that you create. You know, who is the target audience? Is it going to be the consumer of your brand, or is it going to be your um, your potential franchise buyer? And and the content and the information that they need will be very different. So having separate strategies for each of those target groups. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, look, there's certainly some overlap in those things. You know, your your prospective franchise buyers are still going to want to know how you're engaging with your with your end users or your consumers. Mm-hmm. But I think that's exactly right. They are they are very different approaches and different strategies, and you need to rethink or need to think those through quite separately in some respects. Yeah, cool, awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for your time and and sharing you know so much of your of your golden nuggets in this uh, in this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and so listeners, if you want to learn more about John and how he can help you uh, to grow your business, then go to accessadvisory.com.au. We're going to include the link in the show notes so that, um, so they can click on it and, and connect with you and, and see how you can uh, help them, John. Thanks, Lisa. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, you have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with John. And if you're in the franchise business, that you've identified some opportunities for you in terms of content marketing and how you can get more out of this digital space. By the way, if you want us to have a look at your online presence and see where you can optimize to get more leads and inquiries, just go to contentmaximizer.com forward slash gift and enter your details and we'll do a review and give you three action items that you can implement right away. So once again, thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you at the next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Content Maximizer podcast. You can get a full transcript of this episode, plus access to a lot more free online marketing tips at contentmaximizer.com. See you at the next episode.